Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. It's the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Mark Schindler. We have Brian Smith producing this episode. Three games in the NBA playoffs. A lot of finality happening. We had three series come to a close on Thursday night. So let's start in New Orleans. The Pelicans made this series more thrilling than any one of us could have imagined, but Devin Booker came back and so did the Phoenix Suns. They end up beating the Pelicans 115-109. to Thanks to the point guard, Chris Paul with an NBA record perfect game, 14 for 14 from the field. Yeah, I mean, Chris was the story here, man. It is not overselling it to say that this was the best individual performance that we've seen in the playoffs offensively. He was just masterful in everything he was doing. The Pels tried like five or six different coverages throughout the third quarter just alone. I mean, starting to help from the strong side, you know, playing center field instead of straight drop, trying to switch more with Larry Nance out there putting different defenders on him. It just did not matter. This guy was hitting whatever the fuck he wanted, wherever he wanted to. His just control of the game was was unreal. He looked like Neo taking control of the Matrix. <laughs> you could just see that moment where he just like stops and holds the bullets up in the air. I mean, that's Chris Paul has those nights all the time, but his floater game was just unreal. He was finding the pocket to DeAndre Ayton over and over. DeAndre Ayton went 10 for 12 from the field. I didn't get a chance to really look this up, but uh, 24 for 36 combined on a pick and roll duo. That's got to be pretty close to an NBA record. I've just never seen. I'm sorry, 24 for 26, not 36, 26. They had two misses between them. They were all DeAndre's. I mean, that was absolutely spectacular. We really saw Phoenix at its highest power with Book coming back and not really being himself at all from this hammy thing. So credit to CP. He comes through. I know he has a reputation, I guess, to a degree of not coming through, probably because He's been in these situations so many times in his career, such a great player, and he's a little guy, so you know a lot of pressure's on him. But going up against a team that I thought did a really nice job, I guess, fixating on him defensively, especially with Alvarado. We'll talk about Alvarado a little bit later. But you know, New Orleans gave Chris Paul all the attention they could. They did a nice job of mixing things up on him, but he got he gets to his spots. Like he always gets to his spots. He finds a way, and he doesn't miss. Literally. Yeah, some of the bounces he got tonight. Uh, shout out to Sabrina Merchant from over at SB Nation. She 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 put out, you know, like he has to have some kind of pact with the devil with how some of these shots are going in. Like he had the the one bucket late was like three bounces around the rim, super high arcing over a contest too. I I, I mean, it was just one of those nights where it felt like he could have taken thirty shots. I'm not sure he would have missed one. Just an unreal, unreal performance. It wouldn't be surprising if we find out he's a wizard and he's just like Wim Guardi Olivio saying that thing in there. Like that's that's probably what's really happening. So let's go back to that third quarter. Honestly, one of the strangest third quarters I've ever seen from a team where New Orleans Pelicans shoot 10 for 17 from the field, which is phenomenal. And they had 
eight turnovers and eight fouls. They kept offensive fouling every goddamn play. One of the things that I absolutely loved in this game and throughout the series too that that you really saw over the last two games was the way that Monty Williams coached and and dis- had the the defense play disciplined and you know really extending their coverage out onto the worst ball handlers on the team. So you know when Jose Alvarado or Brandon Ingram was handling the ball or, or CJ McCollum was handling the ball, they were pretty good at just staying disciplined, staying one on one. But the second anybody else touched the ball. They played out, really extended their coverage, and made it extremely difficult. Like one really good snippet was Larry Nance went to to go take a DHO, and immediately you could see a call from the sidelines. They blitzed out, were denying any kind of option to Larry, and it ended up in a turnover. And we saw that happen multiple times tonight. That was a staple throughout the series. But I thought tonight they really ratcheted up the pressure, and that was a big reason for a lot of those turnovers happening. The play that kind of really sealed the I would say sealed the game, but really set the direction of this game was with a minute and a half left where CJ McCollum and Larry Nance, they run that high pick and roll and Phoenix just blitzes the crap out of CJ and Mikhail Bridges manages to get his hand right in that little pocket window and pick six it. And that gave them that four point lead. You know, New Orleans kept hanging in there over and over and over again. And that was the big breakthrough. Yeah, Mikhail was awesome tonight, offensively as well, 18 points, and a couple of self-created buckets too, which normally that's not normally his bread and butter, so it was cool to see that. But like you mentioned, defensively he was awesome. Like CJ, he got hot for a couple moments earlier in the game, but for the most part, Bridges had him in check the entire game. Really forced him off the line into more uh, more difficult contested looks, finished with only 16 points on 16 shots. Okay, so yeah, Phoenix is great. We already knew that. Good to see some reaffirmation there. It was a great fight from the Pelicans. And, you know, Brandon Ingram, he showed in this series that he is a playoff star. He still has a lot of parts of his game where he needs to figure out how to create better looks for himself from deep, you know, how to get to the free throw line a little bit more, you know, going through when you're the big star of the team, and you go three for three from the line in a closeout game, you know, you're, you're expecting more than that for sure. So especially somebody of his size. So there's more for him to grow on. But New Orleans has a really nice program here. Ingram is obviously a very good young player. And Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, the energy that they gave that team defensively and just the way that they push off of turnovers, off of rebounds, they really were the guys that broke out for this team in the playoffs. Yeah, I tweeted this out during the game. Like, it's just pretty incredible that a team could start three rookies. I mean, not start, could could play three rookies in a lineup for extended minutes and have it be warranted in a playoff series. Like, Jose, Trey Murphy the third. And Herb were all out there at the same time for a pretty vital run during the third quarter. Just mentioning Herb, four steals tonight. He continues to just display some really interesting stuff as an offensive player as well, alongside already all defense caliber defense. That behind the back he had off the inbound steal from from Mikhail Bridges was just, that was filthy. Like that was, in my opinion, highlight of the night or close to it. I would have liked to see Trey Murphy play more minutes. I think you, you saw some struggles with Jackson Hayes out on the court that was a staple throughout the series. But ultimately, I mean, you just come away really impressed. And I mean, Jose, like, well, I mean, walking up, showing his bloody lip over to the broadcast team and <laughs> the way that he was getting up in Chris Paul the entire series. Like, even then, like, I mean, he's not a traditional point guard in any means. He's obviously a smaller guy, but the way that he was able to attack off closeouts in the third and in the fourth as well, showing some of his burst and athleticism. He had just had a really impressive all-around series and, and really got to show his name on national television. Yeah, he's definitely one of the like kind of like breakout guys of this NBA playoffs, like no question about it. And it's not just like the GTAs that he does and stuff like that. It's the passion he plays with, the spunk that he has. 
like he shows it on the offensive end. Like he had a great drive where he got the and one flipping of the like that huge hook shot. I don't know how tall he is. All I know is he makes Chris Paul look tall, so that means he's a very short man. Exactly. <laughs> Chris Paul's a lot shorter than me, and I'm only six feet tall. So uh, I don't know how tall Jose Alvarado is, but every time you see one of these like Cinderella teams make a push, there's always that guy that kind of comes out of the woodwork to become a household favorite. And you know, Jones, I feel like already got a lot of that this year, but Alvarado absolutely earned that. Yeah, no, 100%. And shout out to Larry Nance Jr. as well. Jonas Valanciunas went out early in the game with foul trouble, and they rode with Larry for a lot of the game. He ended up playing 21 minutes. What he was able to do offensively, attacking the glass, he had six offensive rebounds tonight, was really good as a facilitator, just you know, operating out of the high post with his quick trigger actions. He continued to play a really vital part for them in, in the minutes that he did get to play this season, coming off that knee injury coming over from Portland. I'm really excited to see his fit with the team next year, especially when science comes back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Another series in the books. The uh, Doc Rivers did not blow another one. The Philadelphia 76ers beat the Toronto Raptors 132-97 in TDOT to close this one out. This was, I mean, the Raptors had a lead for a lot of the first half. They went into halftime. It was just a one-point game? One-point game, 62-61. And then by the third quarter, it was 99, or fourth quarter, it was 99-78. What did James Harden do? James Harden was awesome tonight. His first step looked back a little bit. He was really good driving into the paint, just getting the, the Raptors into rotation and really picking them apart. Really good game from him tonight. And he found a scoring as well, too. So we had a step back from James Harden. We had a ferocious dunk at the rim from James Harden. Is James Harden not like full of cobwebs anymore? I mean, it seems like him at 15 assists tonight, which that says a little times. bit more about the Raptors defense than than anything else. But yeah, I, I mean, I, if this is a sign of things to come, I'm, I'm very excited for what this is going to look like next series. 
Yeah, I mean, it was too bad. The Raptors, like, they, they had Kempert starting in this game. They were missing Fred Van Vliet. I mean, this team this team is beat up. It's such a shame because Pascal Siakam, he did a really nice job pushing this, you know, putting this team on his back really the entire second half of the year. I mean, he was playing at a borderline MVP level for the second half of the year, and he closed this one out strong. But, uh, yeah, the Sixers are going to the second round. They're going to Miami. I'm excited to see what that looks like. Joel uh, really put the team on his back tonight as well tonight, 33-10. and 10. He looked a lot more spry, especially, I mean, defensively in the second half was tremendous, especially coming off of how horrid of a defensive game he had in the last game. So really excited to see what he and, and the Sixers look like against Miami. We had to save the best for last. Dallas Mavericks, they beat the Utah Jazz 98-96. They knock out Utah in Utah. This might be the end for Utah. This might be it. We're going to see. I mean, the cut to Danny Ainge in that white jazz hat right as the game was ending, that felt like some real foreshadowing of him waving the white flag on this franchise's roster construction. But before we get to that, let's get to Luka Doncic, who honestly had a pretty hideous crunch time. But Jalen Brunson, he uh, he helped keep Dallas ahead while Utah just kind of blew their opportunities. Like you mentioned, I thought... The Jazz played maybe their best defensive game of the series and one of the best defensive games they played this year. They were really good fighting on screens that that Luca tried to bring up, doubling without doubling in a way, you know, like really trying to force Royce O'Neal to be able to stay on top of him. And it just didn't matter at times. Like their rotations were pretty good, but not quite good enough to to really mitigate some of the quickness he was able to get the ball to the corners. But more of it was about the offense to me. Like, I thought the the Jazz really found a flow in the third quarter, but kind of went away from it in the fourth. You know, they were really, really getting downhill, playing well, especially, you know, as Dallas downsized, played Dorian Smith at the five at times. They had two early pull-up threes from Bojan and Mike Conley within the last minute that really, I thought, sank where their offense was going. Late in the game, Mitchell was finding Rudy under the hoop. They've only made four passes to each other the entire season, but most of them happened in that final at the end of the game. It really seemed like that connection was actually going to put them over the top. But then very end of the game, you know, two real heartbreaking offensive moments to end their season. First one is Mike Conley drives across the lane, picks up his dribble and just keeps moving and Honestly, I couldn't tell if he actually lifted his toe and actually moved his pivot foot. It looked pretty close, but it went far enough that, you know, you understand the travel call. So that's that's a turnover there. Last play, Quinn Snyder draws up an absolute gem for what might be his last play he ever calls as a jazz coach. But late flare out by Boyan Bogdanovich, his own defender. I think it was was a Hardaway or Finney Smith. I can't remember. He gets picked off and Spencer Dinwiddie closes out late. Dinwiddie just blows by him completely. Bogdanovich just sits there completely uncovered, very casually and cleanly and nicely goes into his shot. And it barely even got to the front rim. He just completely clanked that one. Just too open. Didn't shoot in rhythm. And that was the entire seat. That was the end of the season for Utah. So what did you think of those last few plays? Yeah, no, exactly like you were mentioning. I think just even not knowing if the, if the game was going to be done, seeing Mike get that travel call was like, damn, man. He's really had a rough go of it over the last month and a half, you know, as, as the regular season closed out. And in this series, he just really hasn't been himself. He's looked a step slower on both ends. So to see him finish out like that was was really tough. And then for Bojan as well, like Bojan's been pretty solid this series. He's fought his ass off defensively. He's been their best option on Luka most of the time, even if, you know, again, it's still Luka Doncic. And that was just, again, another really tough break. So is this it? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like, I think going into this, if this team 
was not making it to the Western Conference Finals, which I wasn't betting on anyways. Like, I don't think that we could see this not having major changes on the horizon. Well, say goodbye to the Utah Jazz. Say goodbye to Mark Schindler and Brian Smith, our producer. I'm Jared Weiss. This is the NBA Daily Ding. Ding, ding, y'all. Neo, come with me. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.